Mary Shelley was a 19th century English novelist, most famous for writing Frankenstein, arguably one of the most well-known gothic horror novels, and according to many, the first true science fiction novel. Mary was born in London in 1797 to parents William Goodwin and Mary Wollstonecraft, who were both famous writers and philosophers in their own right. Mary's mother sadly died only 11 days after giving birth to her. It was on a trip to Geneva that Mary Shelley first penned a story that would become Frankenstein when the group of friends they were with were tasked with writing ghost stories, which they would share together later that evening. The book exists today as one of the most famous and culturally reference horror tales of all time. Hi, I'm Daniel Lucas. And I'm Chris Tetchell Blay, and welcome to Book 101 Review. Yes, Book 101 is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Chris Tetchell Blay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chris Tatterblade. Hey. Yes. How you doing, mate? It's great to be back. Yes, Mr. Chris. And last episode, we talk about one of your inspiration in writing, no yes. other than Dean Koontz, wasn't that? I think we, yeah. Yes. And we learn a lot from him, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. I think we're going to learn a little bit more. Our, our topic today, actually, we were just talking actually before we came on that uh, you've learned something already, and I, 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 I'm definitely still learning about this about this uh, this particular writer. Her story is not well known, like her her own story. Um, yes. So yeah. So unfair, Mister Chris, that everybody knows this big phenomenal uh, mm. thing, but we don't know behind. Who created yeah. it, right? No, that's it. Yeah, it goes the 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 name. I think you know a lot of people will probably know the name. It's been cited on you know movie adaptations of the book that we're we're going to discuss um, as well. But yeah, it's one of those. I think that, that their names become synonymous with a particular a particular body of work. But you you never really go beyond that to to learning about the person and and like we're doing here like i've done and like like you do with the other guests is delving within their own story behind their stories that's that's what i love and this is one that's really escaped me until recently and uh yeah it'd be fun to talk about yes and who will be the great author that we're gonna feature today we are discussing none other than mary shelley who uh again many people out there probably like i just said recognize the name she is the uh the author who one of her most famous works uh, is one of the most famous works of all time. She was the uh, the author behind Frankenstein, none other. And you know, it's uh, cited as the <clears throat> the first gothic. Well, no, I, I mean, I would say it's one of one of the. Is I think it was the first science fiction novel a lot of people class it as, and probably one of the first sort of gothic horror ones as well. So uh, it's it, it, groundbreaking considering her own again her own story is. Is, is is not very well known 
Definitely. So Mary Shelley is well known in England. If you compare to the Bronte sisters, how famous they are. Wow, that's a that's a big one. Uh, that's it's a great question that for someone who never read anything the Bronte sisters have ever done. But yes, I suppose that in itself, I know who they are. I have heard of a couple of books that they've written. So that just shows again a bit like Mary Shelley, I suppose. You you know you know the name you know at least one thing they've written because it was you know it's so timeless i suppose um sort of content wise i don't know having not read anything the bronte sisters have have written i, I would say there's probably a vast difference i don't think they dabbled in um necromancy <laughs> you know things like that yeah. i mean you know yeah. there's a bit more there's a bit more to frankenstein than just that you know it's not ma no kind of magic it's all science and stuff i don't think they delved on that side but in terms of popularity over here again i, I it was only in the last couple of years that i realized mary shelley was actually british so i think it, something i'll reference as we go through is is um is a place i went to I don't think it was last year. I can't think it was last year, year before. Um, there's actually a place in England now which celebrates Mary Shelley. It's not just Frankenstein, the story of Frankenstein. It's Mary Shelley's own story behind that. So the fact that there's nothing like this before it just kind of sums up to me, yeah, she's probably, as a writer, not as well known, even over here, um, as, as someone like the Bronte sisters were. Because I think, again... A wider audience, maybe not everyone will have read Frankenstein. They'll know it. They'll know the cultural impact of it, but they won't necessarily have read it. Um, so you kind of, unless you delve into these stories personally, I think you do lose sight of the, you know, you forget the people that write that, that wrote them. So yeah, I, that's probably one of the reasons I, I like that idea because I like the ones that sit on the fringe and they're not completely mainstream which is really odd to say about someone like Mary Shelley, who's written one of the most well-known books of all time. Uh, but as herself as a writer, as she was back when she wrote it, very much in the background. Um, but they, you know, it's the, the fact we've got somewhere now that, that you can go to to learn more about her is brilliant. But I, I really like the whole kind of niche aspect of it, I suppose. So when and how did you first discover the story of frankenstein for yourself okay so unfortunately you know even on a, a book podcast it would be lovely to say i i read this i picked the store the book up and i i fell in love with it from you know uh, from, from reading the story first um obviously not true i like a lot of people i knew of frankenstein through film film and tv um growing up as a a kid in the 80s and 90s obviously halloween is a big thing you know the imagery of frankenstein i grew up watching the monsters which is obviously the imagery of herman munster is the typical image you 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 um visualize for frankenstein you know the tall guy green skin flat top of his head and you know bolts through his neck um so i i already knew the imagery i knew the name frankenstein i made the mistake for years until someone like I do now, I suppose, came to me and, and educated me to say, actually, you know, the, the monster isn't Frankenstein himself. He's actually called the creature or Frankenstein's monster. It's put in my place. Um, but the first time I connected with the story itself is I watched the 
Kenneth Branagh movie adaptation uh, that was made in 1994. It starred Robert De Niro as, as, uh, as the creature. Um, it's a great topic of conversation amongst Frankenstein fans because I think that's a real divider, um, that film, because some people, it's like Marmite, some people hate it. Um, you know, they'll much prefer the old Hammer Horror, the classic, um, the you know, Boris Karloff versions. I'm very much a fan of, that, of, of Kenneth Branagh's one because it was the first one I saw and it's the closest one I feel to the book. So instantly I got, I felt like I got a different flavor than a lot of people were if they were watching certain versions of it instead of that one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the most revered and um, respected version out, out there. Um, but I, I fell in, I fell in love with that film. Kenneth Branagh in it is absolutely brilliant. I think if I wanted to be anyone um, in a movie, it would have been Victor Frankenstein played by Kenneth Branagh. Anyone who's not watched it, you need to go out there. Even if you force yourself to do it, please watch that version. It's fantastic. Beautifully made. Um, and it was after that, I, I didn't feel compelled to read the book. I wasn't a big reader. I've said this before, until I met um, my now wife. So it was probably, just trying to think, I, I remember reading Frankenstein when I was sat on the train coming down to Devon from where I lived at the time to, to see Marie, my wife. Um, so we're talking about the early 2000s here that I actually forced myself to read the book. And it was one of those, not a very big book, but I was intimidated by it straight away. Story, which instantly does put me off a lot because I like to read a book not knowing what's going to happen. So reading a story, reading a book of, of something I, I kind of knew um, was a big thing for me, but I I absolutely loved it. I It is so immersive. And unlike some of the other classics out there, I think it's easier to read. Um, I've tried reading Alexander Dumas, uh, who did the, the Three Musketeers and The Man in the Iron Mask. Absolutely love those stories, but I couldn't read the books because his style is so... Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to kind of sum it up. It's, it's, it's so oldie worldy really. And it's, it's, it's very, very clever how they write, but they lose me a bit in the language. Mary Shelley is very, very much direct to the point, a lot like James Herbert, I suppose. Um, but that, that, that was it. So it was the film first and then the book sort of several years later. Um, and again, I'll be... I'll be daft if I don't say that it has had some kind of it, it. Well, not even some kind of, but a big influence on me as a horror fan, not just a horror writer. But it's it, it's one of those I think that if you're a true horror fan, you've got to have a deep respect for this story anyway. So, as a horror fan, do you have nightmares when you're <laughs> sleeping? <laughs> just in general, or from this book? <laughs> from general. Just in general, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's a, that is again. That's a great. That's a great question. I've not been asked that before. But yes, uh, not not all that often. So I think it's probably more disturbing when I do have them because they're it, it's not a common occurrence. And and when I do have them, it is certain things, um, certain things that that manifest. I suppose that that make them scary for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I try to harness those and remember them where I can because you never know, there's a good story in there somewhere if you remember them. <laughs> Again, we are just like my worst nightmares, you mean? Sort of kind of are we talking about specific subjects, like specific topics here, or just like my, my nightmares on, on the general scale? 
How scary. <laughs> um, if we're talking just generally, they can be quite, you know, I'd say eight or nine, something like that. You know, it takes a lot for something to creep into my mind and, and frighten me, I would say. Um, but the, depending how deep I go and how real it feels. And it's weird, isn't it? Because nightmares come from you. You're, you're dreaming this up. You know, you're letting your own mind come up with this. So you're scaring yourself, which is an even stranger. Um, yes. Even stranger idea, to be honest. But, you know, if I if I could, if I remember to have a notebook by the side of my bed all the time, I always wanted to keep like a, a, a sleep diary, a dream diary, a nightmare diary would be fantastic. And just to kind of capture these, because I think there's so much inspiration in dreams and you just lose sight of it because, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult when you wake what was going on um if you go past those you know, first waking moments so i could have had quite a few other books out there by now if i'd have done that yes so frankenstein why do you feel this story makes us an impact um i think think of the history of it as well i mean when it was written it was the early 1800s that um, mary shelley wrote this um, but even before I knew the history, we'll get into the history, sort of her history and how relevant, you know, her story is to this. I think it's it's one of those early stories that really touches on um, mortal, well, mortality and, and how you can prevent it, I suppose. And this is where the science, the, the science fiction aspect comes in, because I, I think they're right. I don't think there was a lot or if, if anything I know of around this time or before then that challenged the idea that when you die you die um you know heaven and earth life and death it's all very accepted it's very linear um this story challenges that because it it sort of suggests that there is a way of yeah when when death occurs there is life beyond it you can um you can bring something back to life it may not resemble exactly what they were it may be pieced together of several people you know to make a to make a new being but you know you can you can play god basically you can bring um you can bring life back and i think even now and we're talking what is it 200 years nearly that this book was written i think and what are we trying to do with science now you see how far we've come and the things we're trying to do the things we can do with science we are trying to play God. We are trying, you know, we found ways of prolonging life, um, you know, from, you know, but even back in Mary Shelley's day, the illnesses that you used to, they were just accepted. If you got them certain conditions, you would die and there was nothing we could do about it. Fast forward to now, you know, how many illnesses, diseases are out there have we got medication for that can either cure it or prolong life, you know, and, and, and whatever. And at some point, you know, we may well come back around and we may well find this thing which will um, prevent death. And I think like Mary Shelley shows in this book, that's not a good thing necessarily. You know, we might all think it's fantastic to either not die, uh, to be brought back or whatever, to have multiple lives, you know, or whatever. Um, but as she suggests, there, there are risks and there are dangers to that. Um, and the, the fact she was, the vision she had, I think even back then, uh, it's scarily accurate and scarily relevant even today. So, you know, I mean, that for me does it. I think, you know, you can pick up a book 200 years later and still find something relevant in there. 
it's, it's well, goes without saying, you know, it's important. So. Definitely. So how has Mary Shelley worked, inspired your own as a writer? Uh, the the I get I'll touch over the obvious thing is obviously being a horror writer you I don't think you can not credit Mary Shelley for having had some kind of even indirect influence because for me she was the one that really started the horror genre and I touched on in in um, our conversation about Dean Koontz what I love about fiction is where certain genres can cross over. Um, I'm not a massive sci-fi fan per se, but if it bleeds into something like horror, I think that can be quite scary. And that's exactly what Frankenstein does. She she creates this horror, but it's out of something which actually could be, it was, it was obviously quite advanced from back then, but it's even looking back on it now, something quite, um, something that can be quite real, quite achievable. So <clears throat> I think... Obviously, there is there is the, the direct influence, the fact that I loved Frankenstein before I became a writer. I loved the story. It's a tortured love story. Um, so, you know, I love that. You know, movies like The Crow and stuff like that, I might have mentioned before. Any kind of love story which is not a happy kind of, you know, it, it, all, it all happily ever after, whatever. I like ones which go through twists and turns and it's not always a happy ending. And that's definitely you know, in here. So what I've strived to achieve in some of my work is to have that kind of glimmer of hope, you know, these tragic characters who exist, who are trying to do something. They've got, um, they've got a, they've got a good heart. They've got good intentions. Uh, they've, they've got something they're trying to achieve because it's out of desperation. You know, Victor Frankenstein wants to bring back, it's the death of his mother that brings about his want to, to, prevent death or bring people back and find some way around that then he need he he needs to do it because he loses his you know love of his life as well through his own doing and these characters just kind of stumble into these these horrors and these tragedies and they're just trying to find their way out find the you know the best way they can do it and i think i've always tried to have characters like that that are very relatable in a sense you feel sorry for but then at the same time you they get embroiled in these really horrific things uh, that they never set out to do. They had good intentions at the start. So, you know, hopefully that comes through in some of my, some of my work. I haven't really attempted anything directly, you know, in correlation to something like Frankenstein. So, some writers have, they've taken the mantle, like Dean Koontz again, they've, they've taken on the legend of Frankenstein and try to take it in their own direction. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, if I was to do that, I would much rather stick to the the, tr the truth, you know, the, the st stay as true to the, the original story as I could, you know, and, and not take it too far in the uh, the, fan the fantasy, you know, the sci-fi route. I would rather, you know, have the, the more kind of human relationship in there that, that she had. Um, but yeah, you know, that's 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 it really. I think it goes without saying that um, horror fan, horror writers worldwide they've got to credit frankenstein being up there even if it's a passing kind of fascination with it and then they they come up with their own thing later on at some point along their journey i would think frankenstein is there and it's it's created some kind of sent them off in some kind of direction even if they don't know it definitely so in your apocalypse trilogy which part of your boobs that just say <laughs> oh this is a mary shelley trademark <laughs> Um, 
again, sticking with Frankenstein, the, the, the reason I think they'll always reference Frankenstein is it's 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 the one book of hers. She, she didn't write a massive amount in her lifetime. Frankenstein's obviously the one that we all know the most. Um, so I reference, I will reference two here, but the second book isn't one that I've really, I, I've not even read, I know about, and I can um, retrospectively draw some kind of relationship to my work with it, but obviously it's not come from me reading the book. Um, I think in the Wildermore Apocalypse trilogy, you look at the character of the Reaper, um, even though he's not necessarily, he's not like a, a, a flesh and blood being, he is he's more of a, like a demon, a specter. There is, you know, you do get a sense of what he looks like physically, but he's, um, he, you know, he doesn't necessarily exist on our mortal plane. If we say his transition, particularly in Acolyte, which we tell his backstory, he was a living man. He was a living being who met a horrific end. And um, unlike Victor Frankenstein's very kind of noble intentions to bring him back, um the the character that the reaper was a guy called lucas stanwell was was he wasn't brought back to life necessarily he he died but then he was recreated um as this 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 being called the reaper and it was under demonic intentions by the council of eternal light so they had a a bit like victor frankenstein they had a reason why they wanted to bring him back um and again a little bit like what happens in in the original Frankenstein story, once he comes back, those who raised him don't realize how powerful he's going to be and then can't really control the power that they have created. Um, so I think, yeah, and I, it's not something I thought of um, consciously when I was writing it. I didn't th sort of think I want a Frankenstein character in there. This is it. I, I just think looking at it, that's probably, um, that's probably, the, the best example of it and that just shows that how this story has bled into the culture of not just horror writing but all writing i think you can find that kind of blueprint that was there all the way back when mary shelley wrote it but uh, yeah yeah the reaper definitely is my uh my sort of nod i would say in her direction very well said mr chris but before we go on we gonna shout out to the people listening in spain <laughs> Muchas gracias, Spain. They are number five in our analytics, Mr. Chris. Fantastic. Yes, in Andalusia, we got a 50% audience here. Madrid at 14%. Catalonia at 12%. Valencia. Oh, I love your paella, Valencia. At 6%. Paella. Paella. Yeah. Galicia. Castile de Leon. Basque Country. Uh, Balearic Island, Principality of Austrias, Murcia, Aragon, Canary Islands. Oh, Tenerife, people. My, my, uh, my wife's parents are actually out in Fruit Ventura at the moment. So, you know, might get a, if, if they tune in, you might get a couple more listeners out that way as well. So. Oh, wow. And last but not the least, Catabria. Oh, thank you so much to Spain for your paella. And thank you for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world. Like Mr. Chris Tatterblay, my ah. co-host. Ah. <laughs> thank you, so, sir. So, Mr. Chris, why did you feel Mary Shelley's own life story is so important? 
Um, because, and this is going to sound really weird, because we don't know enough about it. Um, it's, it sounds a bit you know, contradictory there, to be honest with you. But the more I've, I've found out about it, so last year I, 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 I hinted that I, um, I, we'd got somewhere over in the UK. I've got to give a shout out to the guys who run and, and opened the House of Frankenstein um, exhibit attraction all the above um in bath um near bristol in the uk when we heard about this my wife and i we we anything dedicated to frankenstein we we're like we've got to go and see it we, we thought even if we thought it was an exhibition at the time which it is but it's a lot more than that and it's it's set up in a three, three georgian townhouse and what they've done is they've made this immersive kind of experience you go through you follow it through um the, her journey basically through the house you go you go up through the floors and you learn more about her her story not just the story she wrote but her own life story and it's it's it is a tragic she lived a, a, a tragic life and you can see um almost how much of that is pulled through into her writing and 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 why she wrote about the things she did um her own uh, her own mother died when she was only i think 11 days old and um, so she never knew her mother she she gave but she she met um she met her husband um percy shelley she they had three kids together i think three kids but only one of them survived um the other the others uh, died at a very young age and then she lost her husband as well and it's all this kind of you know you really feel for her the more that you learn about it, the more that you really feel for her when you look at when she wrote Frankenstein um, and the conditions under which she wrote it. I mean, it was just a, a friend's gathering um, up in, up in the mountains. I think they were in Gen Geneva, um, which is great. Cause obviously that's where she, she um, w that's one of the settings in the book is, is Geneva. That's where Victor Frankenstein comes from. So she drew on, on obviously the, the world around her then, but they, they got together and I think it was one night they decided they were going to sit around and write ghost stories she wrote the kernels of what would become frankenstein when it was released it wasn't released under her name because at the time it i think it wasn't really expected or respected that women um were serious writers so she didn't even release it under her own name so she didn't get the recognition that she truly deserved i mean i think she did eventually but certainly not to the level that she has gotten now since since she since she died unfortunately um but yeah i mean when you think of that they, they, they say it's the saying isn't it that you're you're not uh what was the full saying not famous in your own time or not appreciated in your own time i think this is a this is a great example of that because how much just this one body of work let alone the others that we could talk about how important this has been and when she's living at the time she didn't even know the importance of it or what it would go on to become because she almost had to for a time she had to hide away from the fact that it was herself that wrote it um and there were other men around her who could have taken credit for that and that really angers me so i'm really glad that you know we get to learn more about her now um so i think the more people learn you know don't just look at the book you know the book is 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 absolutely fantastic look into her story as well because she has her own story which is probably just as heartbreaking and, and you really do garner a new respect for her when you when you find out um the the other books that i'll touch on again i i do have a copy of it i i bought it after we visited house of frankenstein because i was so compelled to do so when i found out about it 
Um, another novel she she wrote before she died was called The Last Man, and um, it actually it's it's based upon the idea that a plague has decimated humankind, and this there's just one man left, and it's it's his story. And this was literally when we went to the House of Frankenstein. This was the first thing we did out in the open world after COVID. Um, I think this was this was when the world started opening up again, and this was the first thing we actually went and did outside of, of our own house. So it felt very fitting that I found out that she, actually she had she'd written this post-apocalyptic almost book that that could still be classed as quite relevant now. This is exactly what I was talking about at the beginning. She's such a visionary um 200 years ago she had this idea which could come very very true and you know we we almost thought we were looking you know staring it in the face when covid was here and you know it could that's something that could still happen we could bring around our own death and we could find out what would happen if we were any one of us found us ourselves to be the only person left what kind of life is that you know and and the fact she had these ideas and it yeah i i'm quite a um I've become quite, you know, passionate about, you know, people finding out more about Mary Shelley. I think her, she is definitely someone who, who deserves to be uh, researched a lot more. So there you go. Empower, yeah. hopefully empowered a lot of people to go out there and find out. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mary Shelley, for creating Frankenstein. Because until now, he's still echoing for our generation to generation to Absolutely. come. Mm -hmm. So do you think Apocalypse Trilogy will be the same as Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to. And you know what? I could, I could, that, that would make the fact that, you know, I, 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 I don't sell millions of copies and, you know, not many people, you know, know about my work. That would, that would almost, that would make me feel like that's fine then. If, if like after I've gone, if someone can pick it up and it can, it can be as, um, it is powerful and important further down the line, you know, a couple of hundred years down the line as Frankenstein is today. Oh, absolutely. That'd be fine. The fact that I'm not around to see it would be a little bit disappointing, I suppose. But hey, you know, I would have left my mark. So whether it can, don't know. We just need the right people to pick it up and find it and carry it on. Yes. Our legacy of Chris Petrobras. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so can you please invite our listeners to buy all your trilogy of course yes yes always always open to a bit of self-promotion obviously um yeah if you uh yeah thank you everyone who's listening to this and, and thank you daniel for giving me the chance to to to, to delve into it, these people that have inspired me because i think my books um the one thing i've always loved is it's not just the fact that i've written them it's the fact that i i love talking about what's gone into them and the, and all the things and all the people that have um that have shaped all you know anything that's in there it's all come from somewhere so hopefully if you like what i've been talking about over you know the last you know few months or whatever if you pop onto amazon anywhere in the world um i think all, all the all the major countries amazon do stop my books if you put my name into there chris tetroblay you'll find you'll find them all pop up so the wildermore apocalypse trilogy at the moment the uh, parts one and two are out there for you to grab in uh, paperback no, not paperback. Sorry, they're all on ebook. I'm working on the paperback versions. Um, you'll find Acolyte and the Sewing Season uh, of Gods and Insects will be coming at some point this year. Um, and uh, I've got a Necessary End out there, so that is my other horror-related uh, offering, which is 
aside from the Wildermore apocalypse. Um, it's it's where I had some fun sort of doing a few shorter stories and and things. There's there's a couple of my personal favourites in there. Um, but if you um, if horror is not your bag, but you you like you have children and you like reading you know children's books then uh, i've got a couple of those as well so it's a long way to the moon and it's a long night for santa um got kids sort of two to six years old who like you know bright colorful cute rhyming bedtime stories so there you go in a nutshell hopefully something there for everyone yes let's support mr chris Tetrable because the books are phenomenal and it will hunt you with the rest of your life more to come people See you soon. Nice.